<clears throat> okay, for the last couple of weeks, we've been doing a short series on uh, misguided uh, churches that preachers, ministries that are kind of going down the, what we think is the wrong road. We talked about uh, people who said, you're going to have perfect health for the rest of your life because you're going to trust God and claim it. And uh, we talked about the reality of what God does with us. And Levi talked last week about what we call prosperity doctrine. You're going to be rich. You're going to have money. You're going to be rolling in the dough. And uh, we talked about that a little bit, how that's sort of a miss. And so as people want to reach out and they say, well, what's popular? What can we say that's popular? Well, you can say you're going to be wealthy and let's all go to that church. <laughs> you're going to have perfect health. Let's all go to that church. And so these ideas that people promote are sometimes uh, enticing to people who don't know better. We want you all to know better. So we're going to look at another one today, uh, and that is <clears throat> the idea that you are going to be so blessed. And without even talking about being prosperous and wealthy, although they do include it, you're going to be so blessed. God wants to bless you. God wants to do wonderful things in your life. You're going to be happy, and you're going to be a Christian on easy street. All right? You're going to be on easy street because you're a Christian, and God's going to bless you, and it's going to be wonderful. Your life is going to be perfect. And there's one guy who used to preach this constantly. And he's got a huge church. It's all full because it's a very popular message. And you, you want to hear what God's, oh, you can't believe what God's going to do for you. And uh, it's Joel Olstein. I notice he's changed a little bit in the last little while. Because I think he's running into what's called Reality. Okay, <laughs> reality is that it's not always going to be perfect. Reality is you're not always going to be healthy. Reality is very unlikely that you're going to come to East Shelby Church and get wealthy. All right, we don't, we don't, we don't even, I don't, I don't know what to think about that kind of thing. All right, so those things are what people like, and so they become what we would think that's a successful ministry. Just because a lot of people doesn't make it a success. Okay? A lot of people is not, well, you, you're going to fill a church that way, uh, that's it. So the idea that God's going to bless you, it's going to be wonderful. And just think back historically for a few minutes. Uh, how about the early church down there? They lived in catacombs under the ground. They hid there so they wouldn't be fed to the lions. All right, and they lived in catacombs under the ground. It sounded like God was all blessing them. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think they thought that under the ground. And you go through history, William Tyndale. There were people who decided they were going to put the Bible in English. And Man, did they get persecuted. And one of them they burned at the stake. And then they dug him up and burned him again. You know, there's so much against the Bible being so common people could read it. 
And those people suffered. John Huss, the leader of a great revival, he was burned at the stake. Martin Luther, he had to hide. They put a, 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 a death sentence on Martin Luther for what he did, and he was hiding in a, a castle. They hid him in a castle so nobody could find him, and he wrote himself. He said, well, I was in that castle struggling with what's going to happen to me. He said, I had the devil so close that I threw an inkwell at him. <laughs> uh, that doesn't sound like he's having a good time, all right? And so in reality, uh, this, that's what not, life is not always about that. So it turned me to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. As we have here a thing about the Apostle Paul. And he's going to tell us what what his life was like and see if you want this kind of life <laughs> second corinthians second corinthians chapter 11 and this is paul telling what his life was like verse 23 are they ministers of christ i speak as a fool i am more now here it is ready in labors more abundant in stripes that's whipping above measure, in prisons more frequent, he spent most of the end of his life in prison, in deaths often, of the Jews five times received I 40 stripes save one. I said they whip him 39 times. And so he said they did that to me five times. And they said if we whip a person 39 times we're being merciful. If you get to 40 you're being unmerciful. I'm not sure there's a lot of difference there, okay? That's what they thought. Verse 25, thrice I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day have I spent in the deep, floating out in the ocean. In journeys often in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides those things which are without, which come among on me daily the care of all the churches. So he says, I'm trying to take care of the church and they're whipping me, they're beating me with rods, they're stoned me and left me for dead. I was shipwrecked three times. It goes, the list goes, and there's not everything is all on here. There's more things. And so he had a pretty tough life. And so how do you think that sermon, if you say to Paul, Paul, you're going to be on easy street. God's going to bless you. He says, well, let me tell you this. Right, but I'm going to tell you something that is really impressive. If you ask Paul, so how was your life? Here's what he'd say. I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah, that's what he'd say. I'm so happy. So obviously he's drawing from some other source strength. And he's understanding the reality of living the Christian experience and say, boy, he got whipped and beat and every other thing. How could he be happy? Oh, if you'd have, if you'd have known him, he'd say, he's the happiest guy I ever met. People thought when they met him, the old, back in those days they wrote 
stories about him that aren't in the Bible. And they said, we think he's Jesus. We think he's Jesus who came back from the dead. And we think that's who he is because he's just so wonderful. The wonderful guy. And you wouldn't think he'd be that kind of a guy. But he will explain to us about the Christian life in probably one of the best ways anybody ever did. Turn to the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians is written so that you'll have a grasp of how (coughs) you can be whipped and beat and still be happy. How does it work? How do you live life? And this is a short little trip through the book of Ephesians as the guy who was beaten and stoned and every other thing I mean, they had, he had what, was it 20 people that swore that they would never eat or drink before they killed him? <laughs> it's amazing he got away, but God helped him get away. I mean, he had quite a life. But in Ephesians, he's going to set up something for us. And I want to go through it because uh, the easy street, God's going to bless you thing uh, has, yes, God's going to bless you, but you have things to think about. All right, so Ephesians chapter 1, I'm going to read a couple verses, stop and make a comment on them and go on. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. So he says, in heavenly places. What does that mean? Well, let's go ahead a little. Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 4, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love where he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ and has raised us up together, made us to sit together in heavenly places in Jesus Christ. So the first thing he says, we're going to sit. Well, where are we going to sit? He's going to sit in heavenly places. All right, anybody sitting in, now you're sitting in an old pew, the 175 years old, the pew you're sitting in. See, I'm not sitting in heavenly places. If you believe in Christ, if you believe in what he said, and you trust him, you are seated in heavenly places. That is, we own a future. We already own it. We own a future as Christians. And God looks at it like you're already there. You're already up there. You're sitting up in a heavenly place. What's up there? Well, eternal life is up there. Uh, a place where there is no tears, where nobody ever cries, where there's no pain. All right? Sound good so far? I'm ready to go at that. That's good. Now let's go. All right? Uh, where you are eternally blessed. And then it goes on beyond that, and it says that in his hands, in God's right hand, ready to give to us our pleasures forevermore. So whatever that means, we already own it. And so we say to God, what, what, what do you have? He says, well, I, you can come up here. You sit right up here in the heavens with me. You own property. It's yours. You're there. And so Paul says, yeah, why wouldn't I be happy? He says, maybe down here they beat me regularly with sticks and they whip me. 
And they do all kinds, but up there I'm seated in a heavenly place. And you and I, he says, are sitting or seated in a heavenly place. We own a future. It's already ours. It's guaranteed to us. And so that's good reason to be happy. All right? You're seated in a heavenly place. Now, we'll go on to the next one, which is walk. Walk. You are seated. You already own these things. But you say, well, what do we do down here? All right. Well, we're waiting to go there. What do we do down here? Well, you walk. You live every day, and you walk every day. And he likes this word, and he's going to use it over and over. All right, so let's go down through some verses and follow along. Chapter 2, verse 10, and see where we're walking, how we're walking. Chapter 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Jesus Christ unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And so here's, you're walking in good works. God wants you, as you live your life down here, to do things that are pleasing to him. That's what he asked us to do. He says, so in this living down here where it's not as comfortable like it will be up there, he says, uh, you know that one of the things you have to do is good work. Chapter 4, over verse 1. Let's use the word walk again. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherein you were called. So he says, now as you're living your life, you're going to make sure that you live worthy. You live worthy. That is, when people say, he's a Christian, and I can tell he's doing the right things. He seems to make good choices. He seems to live his life well. All right? And that's you worthy of being a disciple of Christ. You live, you walk, and you ask yourself the question, if somebody looks at me, and watches my behavior and how I live, am I going to be worthy to be called a Christian? He said, that's one of the things you need to think about as you're down here walking through life. Now, there's going to be a whole bunch of them. Chapter 5, verse 2. And walk in love as Christ has also loved us and has given himself for us. All right, so we are to walk in love. As we're down here, trying to live this life down here, and the various struggles that we have, it is primary that we learn to love. Love each other. We love God. All right? And then I always use the thing about being in tune. All right? So you can take that piano and you can tune it. On a, there's a little instrument that makes a sound, so you tune it exactly to that tuner. All right. And then you go to the next piano. You tune that one exactly to the tuner. And you keep going, and when you're done, what happened? All the pianos are in tune with each other. And so as you learn to be in tune with God, what's happening? You're being in tune with each other. And so we walk in love. That's an important Part. Let's see what's next. Verse 8, chapter 5, verse 8. For you were sometimes in darkness, but now ye are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. So now we need to walk in light. What does that mean? 
Well, I hope you got that this morning. Right? You already know that, right? Because we want to understand. We want to take the Word of God, plant a seed in our mind, understand it, and that brings light into our mind. And our light on our life makes sense. You say, how am I living my life? Well, I'm walking by the light. We have the information, follow the information, walk by the light. And verse number 15. See them that see them that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. And so we are to walk in wisdom. That's a pretty rare commodity in our world. You don't find any. <laughs> Go on the TV and turn it on. There's none there. There's any there. Turn on the news if you want to see even less of it. All right. Wisdom is a very rare commodity. He says he expects us to walk wisely. All right. So what do we got? How are we going to live life down here? Say, well, God's going to bless you. Well, you got something to do. All right. You got good things that God wants you to do. You need to be worthy. You need to have a reputation that supports what Jesus wants. We walk in love and light and wisdom. All right, now, one more thing. We need to watch, and that's stand. Stand. All right, let's take a look. Chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 13. Therefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand. Therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching therefore with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So he said, now, all right, you got a heavenly place waiting. You already own it, your property. He said, I expect you to walk in a certain way. Your life is going to be guided by light and by love. That you would walk worthy. That's how you're going to live down here. And then he said, now I'm going to tell you, it's time to stand and be strong. Stand up. And he said, do everything you can to stand. And then, I'm standing. I'm here. standing. What are you doing? Well, you've got, <coughs> you've got uh, a uh, a shield, which is faith. Right? You got on your head a helmet of salvation. So you got that protecting your mind. Your feet have the gospel. And as you move when it comes to doing the gospel work, you got a sword in your hand, which is your Bible. It's a powerful instrument that you use in life. All right, you got that in there, and he says there's all kinds of things that you have protecting you. And now be a man and stand up. And so this kind of living produces 
powerful Christians. Christians who will stand up and say, I'm here to do what God wants. I'm going to stand and be strong. Now, when we're going to tell people, oh, you're going to love this Christian life. It's relaxing. Just God's going to bless you. It's going to be so good. What's going to happen when they got to stand? They're going to get bowled over like a bowling pin. Bang, you're laying on the floor. All right? This is what he's saying to us. We're going to stand up and say, I am not going to be easily hurt. I am not going to be depressed. I am not going to be discouraged. I'm not going to let that happen. I'm standing. I got my sword and my shield of faith. I believe in God. I believe in his Bible. The idea of God's salvation is wrapped in my mind. My feet are busy taking the gospel wherever they I will not be discouraged. And I am going to be strong. And my feelings are not going to be easily Stand. Stand up, he says. Well, okay, so how's that work for you? Sit, walk, stand. Sit down up there where you own incredible wealth. Yes, God's blessed you in heavenly places. And you're going to go there and you're going to walk in and say, Is there anything here for me? He says, Oh, you can't believe what we got for you. Jesus actually said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Now, I know the best things that I think I'd like in my life. And I'm thinking, does he do that for me? He do that for me? Best things I can imagine? What's that? Well, family is delightful. Life and family is delightful. What's it going to be like up there? I got a family up there I've never met. My great-grandfather was a preacher. He lived out in an island in the Atlantic Ocean. And to preach every week, he got in a rowboat, and he rowed to the shore. And then he walked about five miles to church, and he preached. And they told me when I was over there, they said, people came from miles around to hear him. I want to meet him. I want to know that guy. All right? There's people like that I haven't even met yet. And that's what he says, you're seated in heavenly places. This is going to be good. So you can be happy about that. Why? Not because life's a problem down here. We've got responsibilities to walk in light and love and wisdom. Make sure our lives are worthy of being Christians. All right, so that we don't bring dark light onto the name of Christ. But then when it full comes down to it, Paul, he just stands there. I'm standing, he says. No, he's not only standing with the word, he's writing it. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Half of it from a jail cell. Imagine that. So are we going to complain? And oh, I thought God was supposed to bless me. He did already. Seated in heavenly places. Now what do we got to do? You've got to be wise and be led and really walk in the spirit is what Paul's meaning. Let God speak to you and help you get through. 
We've got stuff to do. Let's get through it. Let's do what we got to do. And in the end, we're going to stand. See, I believe in God. Nothing will stop me. Nothing will hinder me. Nothing can get me down. I will not be discouraged. You can't hurt my feelings. I'm not depressed. And so here I stand, ready to go. Right? Now you want to live that way? Yeah, I'll take that. That's reality. That makes sense. That's the book of Ephesians in a 10-minute thing. Sit, walk, stand. Sit, walk, stand. All right? Beautiful way to live your life. Yeah, it's, it's not going to be perfect. Don't listen to the guys who say, come along with us. And you're going to be so blessed. Well, I'm going to tell you, you're going to get kicked in the shins a little. You're going to get knocked around a little. You're going to have some trials in life. And uh, when they come, what are you going to do? I'm going to stand. I am not going to take it laying down. You can't push me over. I'm here standing in the power of his might. Okay? You want to live like that? Then let's do it. Thank you.